Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs! I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we're back for year two. With 52-ish, maybe a couple more, new movies for you. So get ready to be chased by your own car. And sell all your great-grandfather stuff on eBay. Because today we're bringing you... Transformers! Transformers! Robots in disguise! Yeah, you like that? that movie. Did you like that little part I added to it? I loved it. Good. Now, Ethan, we're going to dive right into some stats. Released July 3rd, 2007. I thought this came out in June, June 24th. Uh, that's the Wikipedia says July 3rd for United States. Cool. cool. All right, whatever. July 3rd, 2007. That was 4,116 days ago. On a $150 million budget, it made $709.7 million worldwide. It got a... 57%, that is a rotten score. We're starting the year off with a bad score, but an 85% audience rating, Rotten Tomatoes, and a 61 on Metacritic. I want you to note here, Ethan, it did better on Metacritic. Yeah, be that's surprising. Better on Metacritic than it did with the Rotten Tomatoes critic rating. That's a new one. That is a new one. There's a lot going on in here. Normally, Metacritic, it's like Rotten Tomatoes would be like, yeah, this is like a 75. Metacritic's like, this is a 12. Right, this is not good. <laughs> I don't know what you're, what you're talking about, but... Yeah. Uh, now, here's one, Ethan. We're going to spoil the film because obviously it's 11 years old. And But I think it would be, you know, you're not missing much by us spoiling it. I think this week instead of, well, not instead of, but we should just also sort of run down the plot of the movie for people who may not have watched it recently. Because this is like our movie, right? That's this a is big a ask. Well, basically, Sam's grandfather. Are we doing this right now? Well, no, we can do this in a minute, but I'm just telling you, it might be a good idea. Okay, yeah, we just... can run down the plot, but we have some other things to take care of first. We do. We do. Uh, real quick, before we get into professional reviews, what is your binary review on this film? It's zero. Yeah, I don't think you need to see no, it. I think it's a zero. It's a zero. I wish I, I didn't feel we'll, that way. We'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> but, this is a complicated one. Complicated for me, personally. Same, same. I mean... It is the best in the series. Yeah, that's not saying much, though. I think Transformers The Last Night has like a 12% Rotten Tomato score. There's a bunch of them that got low. The third one comes the closest with like a 35. I think Dark of the Moon had like a 45. Was that the second one or the third one? Uh, Dark of the Moon. Oh, Dark of the Moon has a 35. So it goes Transformers at 57. The second one, Revenge of the Fallen at 19. Dark of the Moon, 35. Age of Extinction, 18. The Last Night, 15. Good Lord. I think what I was looking at was Metacritic, and I think these all have better Metacritic scores than audience, I mean, than uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Wow. So I think Dark in the Moon was a 45. Anyway. Well, that's, that's pretty good. I've got a professional review here from Fernando F. Croce at Cinepassion, and he says, It morphs from an army enlisting ad to a toy ad on its way passing through a panoply, I don't know what that word means, of car ads, computer ads, beer ads, without ever becoming a movie. What a mean review. Yeah, but he's so right. Hey, do you remember the first scene of this movie where it's just the guys, like the Air Force guys? Yeah. And they're on the plane and they're just talking about like the most generic. Like jarhead stuff. Jarhead stuff. Y'all remember like, weekends? Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're covered in dirt. The mission right. hasn't even started, but they are covered. Covered in dirt. I just want to touch my little girl. Yeah. That sounds weird. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Dude's got one like headphone in, just not paying attention. Also just yelling in Spanish. Yeah. Alligator pie. I'm like, cool. Yeah. So we've got we've got a, a military movie here. Yeah, we got army people or yeah, air. This Force is this people. is Black Hawk Down. Right. But with but thankfully less Ethan Hawk. And thankfully more giant robots. I don't think you've seen Black Hawk Down. Are there giant robots in Black Hawk uh, Down? you're gonna have to find out. I don't think there is. I think it's really think worth your time to watch Black Hawk Down and find out. I don't think there are giant robots though. You know, maybe you should find out. <laughs> Anyway, Richard Roper did like it. Positive review. Oh, who's that guy? He's of Ebert and Roper. 
He's that guy. He's that guy. He says, it's a big, cool, dopey, noisy, nonstop action powerhouse. It's also too long by a half hour, and it left my ears ringing, but it's a lot of fun. I agree with almost everything Richard Roper says there. What do you disagree it with? Is lo- it is way too long by at least an hour. It is. Oh my God, is it too long? I don't This think movie could have been a it. solid hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. And I don't you would think miss I realized nothing. It. There, there was a couple scenes where you and I were sitting there, and I'm not even sure I can pinpoint them. We'd be watching it, and we'd be like, like, what, what was the point of this whole interaction? <laughs> there wasn't even, like, cool CGI We'll talk about plot, because, like, like, John Turturro is, like, the villain, right? Other than the Decepticon, like, the human villain. Or he's supposed right. to be. It takes him, like, an hour and 30 minutes to even show up. Yeah, he's not in most of the movie. His Sector 7 thing is mentioned a few times. And then he's not even, like, the only Sector 7 head guy. There's also the other guy. Yeah, there's his boss. Yeah, that shows up to talk to the sec def. Yeah. The military jargon in this movie, like, makes my skin crawl it's a bad this is the problem with the movie though it's just a bad script it is a bad script it's also poorly delivered and poorly acted yeah which is weird because Shia LaBeouf's not like a bad actor you know who gave a, a worthwhile worth talking about performance who Bernie Mac yes they put Bernie Mac in the movie and said be Bernie Mac do whatever you want. I don't even, I doubt he even had a script. You run a junkyard dealership. Yeah. You remember that character? Say that whatever you, you want. That character you ripped off in, in Ocean's Eleven? You're that character now. Yeah. Tyler, we got to do some toothpaste and orange juice before we move on with the movie. Do you have a toothpaste and orange juice? Have you been brushing your teeth wrong? I do. I do. And I'll let anybody who's new to the show know this is a segment where we talk about something that left a bad taste in our mouth the same way toothpaste and orange juice would. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to go whenever you are. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to count down from three and then on go we're both gonna say whatever's been bothering us and uh then then it'll be done that's usually how things work yeah yeah that's how life is are you ready i am ready all right three two one brendan this is not being open when they say they're going to be Ooh. this is a thing like local business i am talking about specifically local businesses to this town i just moved to Mm mm-hmm Tell me more. This doesn't happen other places where you just like go to a business that says it's open at like a normal time for a business to be open and there's just like an out to lunch sign up. You know, when I was, yeah, that doesn't happen a ton here, I don't feel it like. It happens what? more, it, it has happened to me like four times in the past couple days. Wh- where are you going? So it started when we had that, that party last weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried to go to the liquor store, which mm-hmm. said it was open until 9 p.m. And I get there and there's no one there. Like it is just completely locked, lights off at like, like, 6.45. Well, that's earlier than they would have said they were going to close. So I, like, you... Two hours and 15 minutes, but it keeps happening. It's like I keep, because uh, I go, because now I'm like, oh, well, I got to check and see on Google if they're open or not, because now I'm afraid every business I try to go to is going to be closed. And it's happened to me like three other times. It happened to me today. I was trying to get lunch at Subway. And they were closed out to lunch? At noon. No, they didn't. There wasn't on the lunch sign up at Subway. It was just locked. <laughs> Could you like see people in there? No, the lights were off. The seems odd it was just closed i was like because I, I i don't even know why i was going to subway i just i woke up and i was like i gotta get myself a meatball marinara from subway i need it in my life it's a good sandwich it's a good sandwich it's a comforting sandwich uh and i wanted that sandwich and i ended up getting that sandwich i turned out turns out there's a a subway much closer to my house than i thought um, one like right around the corner yeah i didn't know that was there it's been years okay i didn't know it was there i don't go to subway that often okay also if i'm going in that shopping center i'm going because they have like duck donuts there yum so i went down to the freaking one by Szechuan across from the hospital in Salem. Almost in Salem. You're going all the way to Salem? Salem is like three miles. Kind of towers. There is? Yes. It's closer to for me to get to, to 
passed out grove than to towers i'll believe that yeah so and i came back and found the other subway because i was gonna go to towers or to walmart a freaking subway at the walmart but i had to get myself this sandwich man did you get it i i got it it was delicious but it's like what bread you get it on italian herb cheese yeah, it's good bread. Obviously. Good like, bre- I approve of your bread. There was a couple other places, and, and you know, I'm not going to just disparage these these businesses. Subway I'm cool with, because, like, Subway deserves it. Um, but it's like, why would you not be open? Why? How hard is it to be open for, like, lunchtime? That's when you make all your money. Right. Why would Subway not be open to lunch? Straight to me. And I'm going to get, like, I'm going to get an email from a listener that's like, I work at that Subway, and we were definitely open. And I was like, no, you weren't. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I work at that Subway. <laughs> I doubt those people are listening to our show. The only, although that did happen to us, where we got the email from Alan, and he was like, "I work at that AMC. I'm sorry you had a bad experience." <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It happens. Anyway, um, Brendan Urie, tell me about Brendan Urie. What did he do to piss you off? I, 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 I don't know. If Brendan was it? Was it the fact? That he released Pray for the Wicked because that pissed me off. No, what is Pray for the Wicked? The new album. Oh, I mean, that's a waste of time. If it's not old panic, it's not worth my time. Uh, but basically what happened is I'm looking at the article right now. I'm not reading the article. I'm obviously just getting upset about a headline, which is how life should be. Okay. And it says how Kelly very Clarkson, Sarah, of you. I know. Kelly Clarkson, Sarah Bareilles, Brendan Urie, and more to sing on the Greatest Showman tribute album. And Ethan, this is an injustice. Yeah, it should have been okay. like that to begin with. It should have been. What was the first thing I texted you after I saw this movie? Yeah, this is Brendan Urie should have played P.T. Barnum. Yeah, because, like, listen, I love Hugh Jackman. He's, like, the nicest guy in the world. He's Wolverine. He's talented and good and good at many things. But boy, oh boy, was The Greatest Showman written for Brendan Urie. The songs sound like classic Panic songs. And it's just bullcrap that I came out and said this, and I'm not making millions of dollars for this decision, Ethan. I deserve my millions of dollars because this, this is my moment you don't deserve the millions of dollars i deserve all the dollars i deserve at least at least a high five from brendan yuri i'll see if i can get you in touch with these people with these people i you should ask you should ask cool story cals i heard she knows him i I heard she does they met but i mean this is this is honestly like this is how the movie was supposed to have ended up this would have been much better this is all about the showmanship and like wasn't that his whole thing wasn't like all right sins not tragedies based on pt barnum uh i don't know video Maybe. I mean, the videos seem pretty, pretty Barnum. I mean, pretty the the music Barnum is literally forward. written for Brendan Urie. It's gotta be. Like, it sounds like a Panic! and Disco record. Yeah, but then, like, people start singing, and you're like, what on earth is this? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you're waiting for. He would have been better in the movie, too. I'm sure he would have. That would have been a great time to but, start see, this his is, acting it, career. He may not have been. He may not have been. You know why? Because movie musicals are whack. Almost always. Yeah? I like, I mean, I just saw A Star is Born. I don't know. It was aight. Unless this one is significantly different from the other ones, I wouldn't call that, like, a musical. I think it's, the, the one thing actually about it that really bugged me was that the songs they sing, because they're all like, and I'll just, I don't want to dwell on this, but all the songs are performances, like they're part of being on stage. Right, that's why I was like, saying it's not like, I wouldn't call that a traditional musical because the songs, and this is my problem with movie musicals, is like the songs in A Star is Born make sense. But that's my problem, is that they're all performed on stage, but they're all like very much about what's happening in the plot and not and maybe people disagree and think that they're uh, excellent radio songs but to me they don't sound like they would sound very good on the radio like they, they don't make any sense well people always make that claim about movie musicals they're like why don't you put these songs on the radio because they're like weird 
plot devices. Right, because they 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 don't make sense outside of the plot. But I I have not seen a movie musical made in the last thirty years that I was like, yeah, this one was perfect. Like they really nailed this one. Normally I'm like, this would have been better if you just made a movie out of it. So how do you feel about you know we'll get into some movie news? How do you feel about the live action Mulan not being a musical? I'm actually excited. I'm tired of Disney remaking movies. Uh, just I like mean, I'm tired I've, of everybody else remaking movies. Just like I'm tired of the fact that the Star is Born was remade, remade for the third time. Four. No, this is the fourth one. So it's being remade for the third time. Yeah. Four times. Four. Four. And they've. Ne- I don't know if this one's good. People are saying this one's good. It has never been good before. The original one, garbage. Judy Garland one, garbage. Barbara Streisand one, hot flaming garbage. I don't know about this one. Um, I haven't seen it. But anyway, I'm tired of remakes and sequels. Y'all people know this about me. I'm over it. Put out a new movie, especially like Disney and Pixar. Stop it. We don't. Nobody asked for Toy Story four. I'm with you there. No. Nobody did ask for Toy Story 4. But if you're going to remake Mulan, I'm actually glad it is not a musical because it would have just been cheesy. Because you know why? Because Beauty and the Beast was cheesy. I it didn't work. I say this because, oh, I thought Beauty and the Beast was awesome. Um, the live action remake? Lion, yeah. It did not yeah. work. Oh, I thought it was really good. To, uh, I, I couldn't buy it. I could not buy it. Here's, here's what I'm excited about about Mulan is that it's got a real chance to be an excellent Asian cast, female-led war movie like we've never seen before how many and i how many asian cast war movies do you watch not a ton but seven samurai is an asian cast war movie and that's like considered one of the greatest movies of all time have you seen seven samurai no it's three and a half hours long you should watch it i mean i'm i agree i should but i have not i'm just saying I, I, i'm just saying like following up like like uh black panther was awesome because it was like a black cast superhero movie and i think mulan has the potential to be the same thing in a way that crazy rich asians wasn't crazy rich asians isn't a war movie correct that was that's what it's missing <laughs> was the was the huns yeah <laughs> that would have been a, a wild twist on crazy rich asians <laughs> And now until the hun comes out. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. You're probably right. Um, it, it, yeah, I think it stands a chance of being the best of the recent live action Disney remakes. Um, and I just just really want them to stop after that. They're not going. They're not, They're going, not going to. They're not going to until they, they make Frozen. I, I don't even want Frozen 2. Oh, I don't want Frozen 2 either. But I want Frozen 2 more than I want Toy Story 4. I want Toy Story 4 more. I think you have something meaningful to add to that story more than you do with Frozen. Maybe. I don't know. What if Anna gets firepower? I mean, Frozen kind of like ended. I know. First, it, it like wrapped up really nicely. It ended while they were standing in the water because they were like on the ice and you can tell because there's boats behind them and then as soon as everything thaws, they're in a boat. Doesn't make any sense. But it ended like nicely. It did. You're right. Like it wrapped up. 100% like... I I don't know. That would be like, I guess they made a bunch of Aladdin sequels, didn't they? It'd be like making a sequel to Toy Story 3. What? It'd be like making a sequel to Toy Story 3. They're doing that. I know. It's almost like when you have a well-wrapped story, sometimes people are like, or a sequel to, what are we here for, Ethan? Transformers. <laughs> Megatron is crushed at the bottom of the ocean. You want to talk about a movie that has too many sequels. <laughs> I literally, literally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> That's the point of the toothpaste and orange juice. It's just, like we're, we're laser focused, and then we get completely derailed. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 bring it back around. Transformers has sequels. Ethan, can you run down the plot of Transformers? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Sam Witwicky, played by Shia LaBeouf, 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 actual Le cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Uh, he is a child in high school in America, 
And, well, before this, okay, a bunch of Air Force people get attacked by a helicopter Transformer, okay? And then Shia LaBeouf... You need to go into this understanding that Transformers is a mythology that you just accept. Yeah. <laughs> There's giant robots, okay? They transform into cars and tanks and cell phones and stuff. Yeah. Um, so Shia LaBeouf goes with his dad to buy a car, and he is the chosen one, so the car finds him, and the car is actually a giant robot named Bumblebee for some stupid reason. Um, That's not his original name. Is it? I don't think so. I have no idea, though. I know that you know I had the yellow even... car transformer, and he had a different name in the cartoon. Yeah, but here's my thing: is like the cartoon might have been popular to you, and it might have been a big part of your life, dear listener. The cartoon is essentially meaningless. As far as I'm concerned, all it did was establish to me that cars can transform. I mean, yeah, but you asked the question, was that his original name? And I said, no, I had the robot from the cartoon and he had a different name. Yeah, but I I much prefer the name Bumblebee. I like the name Bumblebee. I don't. It's really childish and cheesy and it sounds stupid. Even when I was 14, I thought it sounds stupid. I remember, I don't know if you know this about me, Ethan, but freshman year of college, I decided that I was going to be like a fan of of Bumblebee. I remember. I got, like a, I got like a Bumblebee bedspread. Like it was like a, I wanted people to know this about me, but I didn't really invest the time to like really understand why I liked the character. But I had like a Bumblebee bedspread and a Bumblebee mask and a Bumblebee transformer that was on my desk and like a poster. I mean, this will be the name of your autobiography is, Ethan, do you remember when X year I decided to be a huge fan of Thing? (laughs) What other things have I ever been a huge fan of, Ethan? I don't go through phases. Yes, you do. More so than anybody I know. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because like that's how you do with everything. It's you'll like you'll decide, oh, I want to be a fan of thing, and then just dive headfirst into like spending a lot of money on trinkets and toys and stuff related to that thing. And then like six months later, you couldn't care less. Like Bumblebee. Like Bumblebee. You know what? You know what's funny is actually I have like an internal awareness of this, and I get so frustrated and so stressed with myself when I feel myself starting to be interested in something, because <laughs> I'm like I'm so mad because this isn't even gonna last. Like, this is, this is how you were with the Redskins. No, I'm still a Redskins yeah, fan. Yeah, but your dad got you that Redskins hat, and you were like, I've always been a Redskins fan. The Redskins is the greatest team they've ever been made. Like, I'm a huge Washington Redskins fan now. Robert Griffin III, new greatest quarterback ever. Nobody could tell me any different. I'm not going to listen to any sense of reason whatsoever. We went RG3-14 and 14 or whatever yeah. that year. 3-13. Anyway. Not a good year. Bumblebee is, is a car. He's an old Camaro uh, that for some reason has an Autobots logo on his steering wheel and 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 Sam didn't think that was weird, but whatever. And he turns into a big robot and he helps him make Megan Fox fall in love with him and then they get arrested. Uh, well, no, sorry, they meet a bunch of other Transformers, they can't find the glasses and they get arrested and then it's like an hour and 45 minutes of robot fight. Yeah. And I have no <laughs> idea what happens after that. This movie, beyond the first 45 minutes, does not have a plot. Oh, sure it does. They like blow up up, what do they call the city? Mission City. Mission City. What a boring and uninteresting name for a nameless city. They should have called it like Gotham or something. How great would that be? It's like, and we blew up Gotham. Mission City is allegedly in Texas. Where's the Hoover Dam? Uh, I thought it was in Colorado, but... I have no idea. How far is Colorado from Texas? Uh, Far. The Hoover Dam is in Arizona. It's on the Colorado River. Mm. Doesn't Arizona border Texas? That That's possible, right? No, Arizona borders New Mexico. I knew that, obviously. That's a long freaking drive. Yeah, they said it was like Starscream is a plane. 
probably just flew there quickly. <laughs> Starscream is a plane. Anyway, so they <laughs> there's a bunch of robots, okay? There's a bunch of robots. They're on two sides. There's the Autobots and the Decepticons, and they all have really cool names except Bumblebee. Bumblebee's got a great name. No, it's, it's a joke. He sounds like a joke. He's pathetic. I love I Bumblebee. I hate the name Bumblebee. I have hated the name Bumblebee oh. since 2007. It has That's never so failed sad. to bother me. It has just been like a consistent, like, man, this movie would be so good if that freaking robot wasn't called Bumblebee. He's yellow and black. Who cares? He's a giant so scary robot. And he's got that he's got that little air freshener next to the disco ball that says like it says B something. Well the other ones are called Megatron and Starscream and Blackout and Ironhide and Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. And he's like, I'm um, I'm Jeff. Optimus Prime might be the greatest name for a character in anything ever. It even sounds stupid. The name coming out of Optimus Prime's mouth, he's just like, and you know your guardian, Bumblebee. I think it's weird that he says that because like we're about to get a prequel that's gonna like oh and and I guess this is like an Easter egg, I don't know. But the the bug Bumblebee is also in the parking lot at the uh the junk shop. He was a bug? He's a bug in the new movie. Ah, I didn't know that. N not a Camaro. That's weird. I'm about it. I would have chosen a bug over a Camaro. Oh, man. Can we talk about the Camaro? Yeah. Can we talk about how this how whole movie Camaro... is just a Chevrolet ad? Oh, my God. Is it? One of them could have turned into like a Sierra and cho chose instead a Solstice. Why would he turn into a Sierra? Because it's a truck. He was an Optimus Prime's a truck. He was like a Cadillac dealership. Okay. He could have turned into like an Escalade. That's what I said. Escalade's way cooler than a Sierra. No. Disagreed. Escalade is a lame car. Uh, Sierra's the worst truck. Sierra is not the worst truck. It is the lamest truck. No, it definitely I don't know where you goes. got this idea in your head that the GMC anything is cool. I like GMC. They're just not cool, though. Like, they might I, be more practical no. somehow. Hold on. They are not cool. They're, like They're more luxurious. No, the they're not. The worst truck is the Honda, Ethan. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, American trucks. I would put the Sierra over the Silverado. I would not. Silverados are cool. They're literally the same truck, except the Sierra is more luxurious. How is it more luxurious? How are they any different? Uh, and the Silverado looks way cool. The front. It comes standard with leather, heated and cooled seats, nav, backup camera. You can't buy. You can buy a Silverado. That's like a king cab with cloth seats. You can't buy a Sierra like that. Okay, who cares? It's got a GMC badge on the front. It's the worst yeah. badge in all of cars. Oh, I disagree. I don't. Silverado's way cooler looking. Better than that stupid bow tie. No, it's not. It's just not. You know who put out a good looking truck this year? Not Honda. And. And it's about freaking time, not Honda, no, is the new Ram. Have you seen the new Ram? No. I'm assuming it looks exactly like all the other Rams. No, they were completely redid them. Oh, that's good. They look sweet. About freaking time. I own a Ram. That's an ugly truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> But it just for a long time, they did not look like they knew how to design a vehicle. It looked like they were trying to make a big bug, but it was a truck. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Jazz is that guy's name. The the one that turns into the Solstice. Yeah, Pontiac out of business like two years later. Yeah, they tried. Anyway, when this movie came out, what did it do for your opinion on the Camaro? Not as much as it did for you. I didn't I didn't know much about like American sports cars or cars in general in 2007. It just like wasn't something I was interested in. I was ready to buy a Camaro at the drop of a hat for like <laughs> until you started working for enterprise for like 10 years and i remember my brother when i told him i was like no the camaro is by far the coolest american sports car heck the mustang heck the challenger camaro i think the challenger and, was out yet and this was when i was in college and i know it was in college because ben looked at me and he was like okay tyler i'm gonna explain something to you the the camaro is the cargo shorts of american sports cars 
You do not want a Camaro. I'm just gonna tell you right now, that's not the one that you want. <laughs> it absolutely goes, and it's really a preference on like style or power. The Mustang and the Challenger first, and then the Camaro. I would take a Charger over a Camaro still. Oh, I wouldn't call a Charger an American sports car. It's a sedan. And it's got four I doors. I wouldn't call any of them sports cars. I would call them muscle cars. Well, I wouldn't call a Charger a muscle car either. I would. It's got four doors. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Charger's always been Any a muscle car. It was a storied history. It was the General Lee. General Lee is a Charger? Yeah, dude. Hmm. Anyway. That's, I now own a Mustang. That car is part of the reason that Chargers are so hard to get is because for the Dukes of Hazard, they destroyed so many of them. Yeah. Of like the 1969 like, Chargers, like impossible to get. Yeah, they would they would fly around in a helicopter until they saw one on the road and they would land and buy it right then and there. Yep. Anyway, I would call like a Charger a muscle cash. car and I would rather have a Charger than a, than a Camaro. I would rather have just about any car than a Camaro. Have you ever driven one of the new body style Camaros? I have not. There, You cannot see out of that. I can tell you that. You can see that the window is yay large, like about the size of a post-it note. Yeah, you cannot see anything in any direction. The last car I sold when I was selling cars was a Camaro. My friend Lauren. Oh, people buy them. Yeah, they look cool. Yeah, they do look cool. They're everywhere. I would take the Challenger. I'd... I would take the Mustang. I mean, obviously, you have a Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> Partially for the reason that I literally don't know. I think that if I came home with a Ford, my dad would be like, you're not welcome here anymore. <laughs> I think if you came home with anything but a Toyota, your father would say that. That's not true. I don't know. I was talking to your dad the other day and he was talking about, you know, them Toyotas. Are the I can't do the voice. Sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I he, can't. He, he's, uh, <laughs> he loves the fact that Toyotas are reliable. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you should come home with a Ram. Why? It's America's most dependable, longest lasting pickup. I just don't believe that. I don't either. But mine's we have like 172,000 miles. We have a Dodge back when they were still allowed to be called Dodge. Yeah, no. You need a Ram. Back before Dodge was embarrassed of the Ram. I think mine says Dodge on it. Yeah, well, that's the... They're, they're Ram trucks now. They're not Dodge trucks anymore. I'm familiar. Anyway, but, but I mean, ours is a 46. Where do you have that? In the front... In the driveway. Can we put an engine in it? It's got an engine. It just needs brakes. Oh, what do you need brakes for? To stop. Nah. Yeah. That's going nowhere It is a, it is anyway. a three-speed manual on the floor. On the tree? No, on the floor. On the tree? On the floor, okay. It's got a... It, like, the, the shift lever is like... <laughs> two and a half feet long nice because <laughs> it's just connected direct there's no like center console it is like connected directly through the floor right <laughs> um, they, they don't they didn't bother to make it look pretty in 1946 yeah, my dad's, a, my dad's like, a chrysler corporation man so you could get a ram yeah i guess so okay it's not, but they, ram, ram the ram doesn't sweet. make uh ram doesn't make a muscle car that's what we're talking about here they make the charger and challenger no well, dodge makes a challenger yeah I would take the challenge. I almost bought a challenger. I was very close to buying a challenger. Well, for our shared friendship, probably for the best that you didn't, because then we would both be in a place where we only had a practical car for two people or for like really a practical car for one person if you need to haul anything. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You didn't have the Mustang then. Oh man, I had the Buick. What a great car. I, you may have still had the Fit. Oh man. Fit. That's a great car. Yeah. Or, or you definitely had, you had the Fit or the Buick. You did not have the Mustang yet, but I almost bought a challenger. The guy at the dealership actually advised me against it. Was he like, you, you don't actually want this. Kind of. He was like, I feel like you're making a mistake here. You have a very well, practical car right now. You should you should stick with it. Is that when you had Camry? Yeah. You've got an 86 Celica, man. I mean, we could do all sorts of dumb stuff to that. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, doesn't go as fast as you'd think. Well, it doesn't have a big ass turbo on it yet. No, it doesn't. I think you'd be hard-pressed to put one on there. Really? Yeah. Those are like known to be upgradable cars. Um. Yeah, a couple years later. you from that From that year, you want the Supra. Let me tell you, Ethan, I'll do anything for a Supra. You want a 10-second car? I just want a Supra. Okay. Well, anyway, Transformers. Yes. The thing we're supposed to be talking about here. 
I'll say this. 14-year-old me definitely loved this movie at least 60% because of Megan Fox. Definitely. Definitely. Like, that was something that when we watched it, I was like, man, they lay it on thick. Yeah. And I knew they did that when I was young. This movie is about Megan Fox being attractive. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. It was it was weird. I remember also thinking that, like, to a 14-year-old, it's reasonable that anybody older than you could be 17. Like, obviously it's not, but, like, the way your brain works, it kind of makes sense. Right. It's like, yeah, there are 17-year-old girls that look like that. But to a 26-year-old, there is no world where that girl's 17. No. You're also not 26. Oh, my God. Am I not? No. I'm 25. To a 25-year-old, there's no world where that girl's 17. Also, if they've been in school together this whole time and Sam's had a crush on her this whole time, no, know she's been to juvie? I guess. I don't really know. I don't think Sam knows that much about her. She probably went to juvie, like, over the summer. I thought the whole point was they take you out of school for that. I don't really know the point. I don't know. I've never been to juvie. Have you been to juvie? I have not been to juvie. Were you ever close? No. How many cars did you steal? None. Okay, we'll see. I've never stolen a car. I've never stolen a car. All right. You go anyway, on. yeah, this movie is about Megan Fox being hot. Yeah, that was the whole... But she is definitely not 17. No. What do you think of the uh, the high school boyfriend that looks like straight out of like a comic book? Chad or Brad or Chet or whatever his name was? Yeah. I don't know. This movie's so... It has no substance. What's the theme here? What message are they trying to send? I really don't know because Megan Fox sucks. Like, she's mean to Sam because he's not cool. Yeah. Like, she like ignores the fact that he exists because he's not cool. It's not like... Oh, she's the secret cool girl that's just pretending to be mean because she's popular. She's not a manic pixie dream girl. She's just, she just sucks. She's like a bully. Yeah. She hangs out with people that suck. Like, I got a weakness for bad boys. What? Right. Like, there's no substance to this movie whatsoever. Yeah. Sam's eBay username is like ladiesman217. Yeah. Are you eBay man? eBay username ladiesman217. Where are the glasses? I think what this I, does is it goes in the opposite direction. Like, a lot of movies are there to, like, reinforce, like, oh, you know, teenagers aren't all as bad as you think. You just got to get to know them, blah, blah, blah. And this is, like, teenagers are exactly as bad as you think they are. <laughs> yeah, teenagers suck. Right. And I think it's important for us to have that conversation. Because, you know, honestly, teenagers kind of suck. Teenagers scare the living s*** out of me. Yeah? They could yeah. care less. I guess they, they could not care less is really what, what the line should be. You should hit Gerard way up and be like, hey, buddy. What's he doing? Let's talk now. about the teenager. He's song. writing comic books. He'd probably come on the show. He's enjoying his life. Yeah, I mean, what would you do if you were Gerard Way right now? I, I would be doing a Mike and Look Over Romance reunion. Is that so? Do you know how much money they could make? What, I mean, it's not about the money. It kind of is. It's all about the money for you, isn't it? If I'm Gerard Way. What happened to sticking it to the man, Ethan? If I'm Gerard Way and people are like, hey, you should do a 10-year anniversary tour, Welcome to Black Parade, one of the greatest pop punk albums ever made. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I don't and know I if I'd why. do it. They were like, they were, they're, they're like, they broke up because they didn't enjoy making music anymore or whatever. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not asking him to make new music. I get that the whole thing was he was like, I don't like the place I went to when I had to write music. I'm not telling you go to that place. I'm telling you go put the put the jacket on and go back on stage. I'm, I'm team Gerard Way writes comic books. That's the team I'm on. Why? Because, man, like that's what he wants to do. That's fine. That's fine. It, I'm talking about like one month out of your life. I don't know. A month is a long time to have to go perform on stage. Give the people what they... Yeah, because you, you get to sing in front of thousands and thousands of people every night. That's got to suck so bad. Well, it does if you hate singing in front of thousands and thousands of people get over it i think he made the right and you had to do this stupid tour and every they night could get they could get their own buses for each of them and every night it was fake and i don't know you could it's always fake they dressed up as a dead marching band <laughs>
Yeah, but they believed in the dead marching band. They wanted to be the dead marching band. I think that you're you're taking away, you're not taking the opportunity to make so many people's lives better. I think you were not willing to sacrifice your integrity. Integrity? Mm-hmm. They sacrificed their integrity by writing Danger Days. I think, I mean, this is the same guy I'm talking to who earlier in this very episode was like, just stop remaking things. I'm not saying remake things. I'm saying tour again. That's just remaking things. You want them to tour the same old show. No. I don't want the same old show. I just want, that's what people are doing now is they're, they're touring entire albums. That's the catchy thing right now. Yeah, but that's an old album. Yes. That's what they're doing. I don't know. This seems like so. So so you're telling me, you're telling me if next year a day to remember is like, we're going to do a tour where we play all of homesick. You're going to be like, screw that man. That's dumb. I would think that was dumb. Yeah. I would be like, why you've already done that. And that takes it away from the people who saw it the first time. No, they never did that. They toured homesick. Most of those songs never got played. That's how it works. Well, they played, well, I I was going to say they played the good ones, but that whole album is perfect. My point exactly. Yeah, I would feel like you missed your opportunity to do this. You should have done this when the album came out. It's not that simple. Why not? Because we didn't live anywhere where they played. Yeah, but it's not about where we live. I'm saying that when the album came out, they should have just toured Homesick. That's not how that works. Why not? You just said you want them to do that. Yes. So that is how that works. No, it's not. I'm so... Not then. You don't do that. You don't just tour only new songs. I mean, that was a breakout album. They could basically have thrown away everything before that. Yeah, they did smartly now i don't know what you're not understanding out of this i think you go out there the album's what 12 songs you go out there you play your 12 songs and then you throw in songs from the earlier albums i think you can play the whole album it's not that long and still play older music and then you can call it the homesick tour that has never been how it's been that's exactly how it always is people no it's to, not people have shirts from the 1989 tour or the red tour or right whatever and that is not what taylor swift did i guarantee you yeah, but it's the tour for the album it's the tour to promote the album yes what are you not understanding here you're not making any sense. How? What? What? Like, you haven't said how things worked, how they do work. You're talking about You're not asking like... any questions. You're just saying things that don't make any sense. They're playing, they, they go out and play the whole album. Who? Any band. Okay, and you just said that's not how that works. No, that is how that, that's how people are doing it now. That's what these reunion tours are, not reunion, these anniversary tours are about. I don't know. I think it's tacky. That's fine. I would not want My Chemical Romance to come back and tour it again. The band broke up for a reason. They need to stay apart. They didn't break up for the reason the Black Parade sucked. No, but they broke up for a reason. And I think they'd be showing a lack of integrity by going out and touring that show. Plenty of bands get back together. That's that's a common thing. Yeah, but like when Blink got back together, it didn't work. Yes, it did. No. Blink getting back together. None of the songs they've put out since they got back together have been as good as the songs when they were together originally. California is one of their best albums. It hasn't spoken to me in such a way. That's fine. I'm not saying it has to. It has spoken to me and a lot of other people that way. I just think it's very interesting that you're like so anti-film remakes, but you're so pro anniversary tours for these albums. I think that's so backwards thinking. It's so inconsistent. No, it's not. Because it's not a film remake is is completely different. How so? It's a hundred percent different. Because you're remaking it with a different director and a different cast and everything different. I mean, you're probably touring with a different touring manager and like when that has nothing to do with it. Who cares about the tour manager? But it's just different people. It's the director. That's not it at all. It's the same musicians. Okay. Coming out and playing their songs. Okay. When Panic at the Disco tours and they play I Write Sins Not Tragedies, are you like you're saying that's the same musicians and everything? No. So what do you think of that? I don't have a problem with it. Why not? Because it's still Brendan Urie. But he didn't even write the song. No. But the guy that did it quit. I'm fascinated by your perspective here. Music is completely different. I mean, if, if like it's not it's not remaking the song. It's it's playing it live. That's why you write the music. 
music. No, you write the music so that people can enjoy it. You don't have to, like, not enjoying music doesn't have to be done live. Not touring is is the lack of integrity. If you're one of those musicians that, that, that writes an album and then never tours, that is a lack of integrity. I mean, I think it makes sense that Gerard Way has moved on and is now doing something else that he likes to do. And, and I'm not trying to take that away from him. You are. You're telling him he's ruining an experience, a potential experience for thousands of people who would enjoy to see him play the music live. But that's not yeah, what he that wants album to means, do. That, that album means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and I think he's smart not to do that because that's not what he wants to do. And if he's not going to put his heart and soul into it, then it's it's a wasted tour. I'm saying you're you're talking about lack of integrity. I think that's the lack of integrity there. And it has nothing to do with film remakes. Also, it turns out Taylor Swift, very good example you could have picked for an artist coming out and playing only her new music. Yeah, I knew that she did that. I mean, she, that's a lack of integrity. She plays some old songs. Like when Emily saw her, she still plays like Love Story and stuff, which is from her first album. Yeah, that's a lack of integrity. Why? Only playing the new stuff. She does play the old stuff, though. No, on the 1989 tour, she played like three old songs. It's more than zero. It's not enough. I mean, it goes far in the other direction as well. Like when Dave Matthews is promoting a new album, he'll only play three new songs. And I think that's not good. But it's good because his new songs all suck. But it's like, to me, it says I mean, that Dave, he doesn't believe... Dave, Dave Matthews doesn't relief, release new music for the art of it. Why do you think Dave releases new music? Because he has to. You have to. That's just the way it works with the music industry. It's the same with bands like ACDC. They keep releasing albums so they can tour. This music industry stuff is fascinating. Anyway, it's not anything like film remakes. That's how I would feel about My Chemical Romance touring again, is that this is just a film remake. It's just completely different. It's just a cheap cash it's the grab. the same... Yeah? So what? That's all a film remake is. Yeah, it's a cheap cash grab. That's why people make that's why people will always remake Fame. What? The movie Fame. What is Fame? It's one of those movies that's been remade like four times. Mm. That's ridiculous. That's why people keep remaking Spider Man. That's also ridiculous. And the fact that we've had three different Spider Mans in, in like ten years is too many Spider Mans. Yeah. From beginning to end it's sixteen years now. But yeah. Whatever. That's too many Spider Mans. No, I agree. And we're about to have an animated one, like a film, like major release animated film. Yeah. It's a different actor, which I was very surprised by. I mean, I wouldn't expected Tom Holland, but I would have expected somebody who's done the animated voice to reprise their role, like uh, Drake Bell or something. Taylor Swift also only played 15 songs on the 1989 World Tour. The album longer than 15 songs? Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like she didn't play the full album. Nobody plays the full album in order on the tour for it. Uh, I think I think the whole process of like recording and touring and the whole thing is so disconnected and confusing to me. Like, if you're going to go on a world tour, why wouldn't you just put out an album in that order if you're going to play the exact same show every night? Because you got to, you got to, it's a completely different thing for what works as a show and what works on an album. I guess, but like, if your mentality is that the pure way to hear music is to go see it live. No, I don't think that at all. Well, that's what you made it sound But I think like. that not touring is, is, is cheating people out of something. And it's also stupid anymore because that's how you make money. Gerard Way doesn't need the tour to make money. I'm not talking about Gerard Way. I'm talking about a band that is currently making music. Who's making music and not touring? There's plenty of people. It's not a super common thing, but it's a thing that happens. Interesting. So you didn't, you don't like Bumblebee's name? No, not at all. Never have. That's so weird to me. I also don't want them to remake Transformers. Well, they're going to make an, a prequel. Yeah, but I don't want like a Transformers 1 remake. I don't really want the prequel either. I'm excited for the prequel. I think Haley Steinfeld's good. I think uh, I think it's got a potential. I just don't think it's earned it. Oh, it definitely hasn't earned it at all. No. Like that's that's all my thing of behind its it is sequels like sequels have been bad. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is like at some point you got to stop. Like I don't think a Star is born. Maybe it's good. I don't think it it deserved this remake. That's my philosophy behind it. Like why would you remake it if it's bad? I don't know. I think 
I think it's almost more like stage shows where it's like, you know, you get somebody who wants to take a show and put their fresh take on it. And there's not a ton of screenplays that have that like remakeable even reputation or potential. But to me, remaking A Star is Born is no different than like continuing the Bond series. You know, it's completely different. Well, no, because it's it's saying we've got this. It's obviously a little bit different because it's an, an entire movie being remade instead of just putting a new character or putting a an established character into a new role. But it's like Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig couldn't be more different. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. I think it's like... Because they're different people. Right. But it's the same character. Uh, No, it's not. Well, it's the same. There is a license to kill agent for MI6 character. Yeah. You know? But they don't have to be the same person. No. But he's, you know, the 007 agent. And this is how this character is going to do it. And this is how we're going to shoot it. And this is how we're going to direct it. And these are sort of the themes we're going to have for it. But at the end of the day, it's all about Bond does something for the British government to save the day. Yeah. And they're awesome. Yeah. They consistently keep being good movies. Yeah. Throughout all of the time they've been making them. Yeah. Yeah. So each Bond movie earns a sequel. Well, the way they actually earn sequels, Ethan, has nothing to do with the quality of the film. It's, it's the box but, office. But it should, though. It should, though. And that's the thing. Right. That's what I'm talking about, though, is like, why do you keep making bad sequels for bad movies? Because bad filmgoers will continue to pay money to see them. And those people should feel bad. They should feel bad. This is what I'm getting at. This is why I hate the sequel culture. This is why I hate the remake culture. It's because it's just filling the box office with bad blockbusters. Earlier you talked about movies. Because they're just going to freaking keep making X-Men movies that no one's asking for. They're going to keep making Toy Story movies that no one's asking for. They're going to keep making X-Men movies for political reasons. Not like commentary on politics, although they are all that. Um, But it's because with the Fox merger with Disney, any film that was slated that can be made will be made. And the merger won't be final until it is made. So what they're going to do is they're going to take something like Dark Phoenix and announce a release date of like whenever and then just continue to push it back indefinitely so that the merger never has to go through. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and it's stupid. Doesn't mean I want Dark Phoenix to be made. No. Doesn't mean like X-Men Apocalypse was good. No, it doesn't. But like Days of Future Past, despite your feelings on it, was pretty well critically accepted. I did not enjoy it. And Logan was very good. Okay. Even though X-Men Origins Wolverine did not merit or any of the other Wolverine movies for that matter, did not merit that sequel. And therefore, I don't think Logan should have been made. But I'm glad it was. Flat out, that's fine. You can be glad it was. I don't think it should have been made. I'm going to continue feeling that way. If good things come out of it, sure. That's going to happen sometime. They might finally get it right. Apparently, they finally got it right with Star Wars Born. It's got like a 97%. 89, but yeah. That's lower than I thought, or than I last heard, so. It was in the 90s last time I saw it. Gotcha. But it doesn't mean it should have been made. I don't know. I mean, if Bradley Cooper wants to put his put his spin on a character, I don't see any problem with that. I do. I think I, If we're going to talk about integrity, I do. I think it was a pretty good choice for him to say, you know, I can sing. I want to work. I want to bring Lady Gaga in as a breakout actor and i think that this is going to be the film that'll do it you know and it's like instead of having people focus on an original story focus on different aspects of what makes a movie good right and i think it succeeded but original story is what we need to focus on right now why because it's important to keep making original stories i mean like the lion king isn't even an original story yeah i know i don't want the lion king remake to happen what are we missing here i don't know what i mean what movie do you think should be made then ethan i don't know i'm not a movie writer like most movies fall into most similar stories i'm not talking about similar story i'm talking about direct remakes and 14 year later sequels that don't end up being that good to my incredibles 2 yeah yeah but that earned it like incredibles was an original story sort of i mean it was like yeah no incredibles is great it did earn it but they needed to do it in you know i don't know when would incredibles come out 2004 they needed to do it in 2007 do you think Pixar's on the decline? I have no idea. That will entirely depend on whether or not Toy Story 4 is good. Oh, I don't I don't know that it matters because I think like Toy Story 4 is going to make a lot of money and that's going to be great and all and they open Toy Story Land in the parks, 
But to me, like cars two and three are not good. But when when you look at the industry, cars two and three sell more toys than any other movie like ever. I don't like the industry. You don't like the industry? The industry's frustrating. What? The industry makes a lot of crap. It does make a lot of crap. But I don't think the industry sits down and is like, how can we piss off Ethan today? It sure as hell seems <laughs> like it sometimes. Because... I think what's happening is people approach the industry, not even the industry. I think people approach other people within the industry with ideas. And then those people say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, this is going to cost $150 million. Okay, let's really consider this. And if we can't, if I don't think this script is good, how can we merchandise this? Or how can we find other ways to make this worthwhile? But maybe you should just sit down and think that it's not worthwhile. I think that we have seen a significant decline in the past, and I don't want to give it, I don't want to make the MCU the fault of it, but since the MCU came around, we've seen a significant decline in original stories being made. We've seen a significant increase in movies being made for a second, third, or fourth time, and movies that didn't need sequels getting sequels. I would, I a mean, significant increase. I think, I think sequel culture is definitely real, um, but I would argue that that's not always the case. I think part of what's happening is between that and the whole thing of like, let's make a movie about every famous person ever. I like biopics. I like them as well, but there is only so many that should come out in one year. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Freddie Mercury 2017 was like every single week there was a new biopic coming out. I think the Freddie Mercury movie is going to be straight up garbage. I'm not actively rooting against it. I'm not actively rooting against it either. Um, I hope it's good, but I, I hope have a it feeling it's going to end up like the, the Beach Boys movie. And this, I have this feeling about a lot of, I don't think that the music industry is easy to portray. And this is sort of my problem with the Star is Born, the, the new one, which is the only one I've seen. Uh, sorry. I think that the like higher levels of the music industry are hard to portray on film. I, I just think because they're such high levels of entertainment, it's not easy to boil them down to something as simple that can be explained in like two hours. Right. Um, and so I ha I think that's sort of what holds the star is born back. I think that's what going to be what holds the Freddie Mercury movie back. And I think Taron Egerton as uh, Elton John is going to have that same setback as well, because that was the case in uh, the Beach Boys film. And, you know, it was, they're trying to make it all about the music and all about the power of music. But it's like the power of music is, and you and I are in a fraternity for this, is something you kind of have to believe in and like actively participate in. And, it, and it's something you have to experience. It's not something you can just explain. Right, right. And it's not something that you can hit the mass market with. No, they absolutely can because... There have been plenty of movies like uh, like uh, Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Walk the Line is good. Phenomenal uh, movie because it sh it exhibits the power of music through an interesting story about someone who allowed the power of music to affect their lives. Yes, that is what most of these music rockumentaries and 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 biopics miss. Well, I think they're like we're gonna make it about the music, man, and not about the people. And it's like you need to make it about the people because the people are what made the music happen. Right. Like that's why that thing you do is so good. What? That thing you do? Oh, oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I was, I was like, about? I don't. I was like, what thing? No, the movie. <laughs> what, that what, thing you do? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. I, the Freddie Mercury movie, and we're off track here. But the Freddie Mercury movie. Freddie Mercury movie has three big problems to me. What are they? One, one. They're not talking about the AIDS thing at all in the movie. Okay. You're leaving out an entire part of Freddie Mercury's life that is important to culture. I would agree with that, but I would also say that, like, when you look at the the two Steve Jobs films that came out, um, the one with Fassbender ends at, like, before the iPod is released. Yeah. And the one with uh, Ashton Kutcher ends at the release of the iPod, and they don't talk about his battle with cancer or anything like that. No, but I don't think that Freddie Mercury being gay and his battle with AIDS was a lot more important than Steve Jobs' battle of cancer in the grand history of culture. I would agree with that, but I would say that Freddie Mercury being gay had a less 
less of an impact on the world than the invention of the iPhone. Yeah, but they're not, the movie's not about the iPhone. Right. The movie's not about AIDS. I'm not saying it's about AIDS. I'm saying that they, they're doing a disservice to Freddie Mercury's story by leaving that whole part out of his life. The second big problem I have with it is Bohemian Rhapsody is a terrible name for a movie. Why? It just is. It's just a cop-out. It is a cop-out of a name. It's like, we're going to make the movie and call it the most popular song the band ever wrote. I feel like We Will Rock You would have been a better name. Because it's also... Any other Queen song would have been a better name. Bicycle would not have been a better name. Okay, whatever. (laughs) We Will Rock You would have been a better name. Don't Stop Me Now would have been a better name. Like, there's lots of, lots of options you could have picked. I did feel like Bohemian Rhapsody was a cop-out. But it just felt like such a cop-out. Third, and this is just a me thing, is I'm not crazy about that dude. Rami Malek? I don't know anything about him. I don't know. I I can't watch Mr. Robot. What is Mr. Robot? That's the show he's from. The people love crazy about it i got through like two episodes i was like i don't get it I, and not that i don't get it but like i don't get what i'm supposed to get about it i feel like freddie mercury is a big enough character and was a big enough person that it's going to have a pacing problem because with somebody that's that interesting and did that many things i think you're gonna end up with a movie that's too long if you're trying to fit it all or it's just gonna be crammed in yeah yeah but we'll see uh, it comes out in a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. We should probably talk about Transformers. We should probably talk about Hash Browns. Hash Browns? I feel bad. It's been a less funny episode than most. Oh, uh, there have been some funny moments, but there's also been some serious moments. You know, we're we're in, in 2019 fiscal year, we're just gonna we're just gonna do what we wanna do, you know? It's our art. We got something to say, we're gonna say it. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll start let's talk about hash browns. I still need to figure out a hash brown for you. Uh okay. So you made me listen to Trench, the new Twenty One Pilots the album. The new Twenty One Pilots album. And granted, before this came out, or before I made you listen to it, I did not I had never listened to it. Give this like a one out of ten, Ethan. An honest I want an honest review here. I don't want what you think the people need to hear. I need an honest review. It's like a six. You're god wrong. This is like a two at best. I didn't I liked it. What did you like about it? It's so boring. It is 14 of the exact same song over and over again with like songs that sound like they're trying to be cool in that they're like, I'm sure there's good lyrics. First listen, I didn't get a lot of the lyrics out of it. I'll be honest with that. So that's what I listen for, for starters, is lyrics. That's what I care about more than anything else. I I mean, but even when I did listen for lyrics, I was like, I mean, this isn't better than a Macklemore song or an Eminem song. This, I mean, these are just like, pop guys pretending they know how to rap. I don't think they're pretending to be anything. It definitely sound like they're pretending to be something. They sound like this is music for cool people. This is like... So that is what every single Top 40 record has sounded like this entire year. Yeah, they all sound bad then. I don't like this kind of music. Whatever this this is. This is what everything sounds like now. Yeah, like the new Ariana Grande album, I didn't like it. I liked it. Um, I only heard a few tracks, but I was like, this is not for me. Everything's just a little bit laid back this year. Mm-hmm. It's not good, Ethan. It's lazy. I agree. It's lazy. This whole It's not as good as their other albums. This whole album sounds like it's played in a trendy hookah bar. And I'm sure it is. <laughs> I don't know if it's that laid back. I, it's, I mean, it looks like it. And this album artwork... No, what, it looks like it. The album artwork looks like it was released by Trapped in 2005. <laughs> Trapped. I was thinking of... Uh, played on the, the, the adult alternative channel. I was thinking of The Matches when I looked at the album no, it artwork. Is way, it is way too, like, hard rock for the matches. I was hoping for something that was a little bit more listening to this and hearing the way people talk about 21 Pilots like there's some epic artist that makes these amazing songs and they're going to change the world because you know 21 Pilots is everything. I was thinking I was going to get something more uh maybe not in sound but in impressive quality like uh 30 Seconds to Mars or Linkin Park. What was the last 30 Seconds to Mars album you listened to? Actually, what was the last Linkin Park album you listened to? I'm comparing this to This Is War or whatever the one with the leopard on it was or the cheetah or whatever. Okay, I don't I don't see how that's a fair comparison in any way whatsoever. I've never listened to 21 Pilots before. This is I mean all this is is like FIFA 
menu music to me. It's just anyway, like, but you can't compare a, an album coming out in 2018 to an album that came out whenever This Is War came out, 2007, 2008. Why? Because you can't. It's not. It's not how that works. It wouldn't sell. It wouldn't have been made. I mean, I can't believe this is selling now, honestly. This is so boring. It is what everything sounds like. And it is better 2018 music than most stuff that's come out this year. Really? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it above, like, Puss Malone. I felt like Lit Right Now by Ayo and Teo is better than every song on this album. (laughs) And that song sucks. just not better it just is every song on this album is so boring well, you, it's not about whether or not it's a it's a not every song could be a banger not one of these is a banger none of these okay. are bop none of these slap none of these are interesting they don't make me want to listen or dance or move or i'm not like they don't draw me in to listen to the words if that's what's important to the music if that's what makes these songs good i'm not interested in listening to them in the same way that like I mean, rap god makes me want to listen to the word rap god also did not come out in 2018 i know but i'm not comparing it to like bohemian rhapsody i'm comparing it to something of roughly the same era but it's not the same era though the era changes every year no no 10 years from now rap god and this album will be played on the same radio station you're correct but they came out in different time periods i don't like this music that's fine you don't have to like it i feel like i've heard songs in 2018 that are new that i have liked that were interesting and good and much better than this anyway i promise you if you go listen to the the 30 seconds of mars album that came out this year it's the exact same i'm sure it is and that's stupid <laughs> why do they have to sound this way like not everything needs to be in fifa i don't think these sound like fifa songs but these definitely sound like fifa songs. i would be curious in fifa 19 how many of these they're songs not show they're up. not weird enough i mean these are the songs that like the dudes in the high school soccer team are listening to they wear like soccer jerseys and 21 pilots t-shirts yeah they're insanely popular and when i think about my friends that love 21 pilots the reason i'm making those comparisons to 30 seconds to mars and like rise against or not rise against uh it's like this <laughs> rise against <laughs> a little bit different and lincoln park is because like there appear to be the venn diagrams of those people appear to be pretty matched and if i was a big 30 seconds to mars fan and i was like oh people said if i like 30 seconds to mars i'll like 21 pilots and i put this album on i would be like people are what this is bad because you're if you were still a big 30 seconds to mars fan you would listen to their new stuff but i don't i like the old stuff why would i listen to the new stuff i don't listen to the new panic album and i'm a huge panic the disco fan not the traditional way you're not i mean i just like what's people good. if you put the new, if you if you say that you're a huge fan of the disco fan people would expect you to at least heard the new albums no i refu- i've heard most of the new albums i've heard all but the newest album right but they would expect that it would be a given that you've listened to the new stuff i listen to it whenever a band i like puts out a new record i listen to it when did in my feelings come out was that in 2018 i have no idea probably that song is better than everything on this album that song blows that song is better than everything on this album that song by a, like a lot that's one of the worst drake songs to ever come out yeah and it's it's better than everything on this album. Yeah, in my feelings came out on Scorpion, which is this year. Drake releases an album like every six months. Go Drake. I'm proud of you, Drake. Let me see this. Hold on. I'm trying to look for music that came out in 2018 that I know. Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky and Chris Brown. Better than every song on this album. What else? That's it. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not going to say that any of these songs are the Boom. best song that came out each Example. year. Example. Peach Scone, Hobo Johnson. Better than everything on this album. It's not about a song, though. Okay. Hobo Johnson. Did you album. read my list? No, I haven't read it yet. No. Why? I was just wondering. It came out yesterday. I have no chance. Well, I'm just I'm just wondering. Because these are the points I made. What points did you make? Break them down for me. That it's not about the songs. It's about the record. Oh, the record just all sounds exactly the same. It's like that all-time low album that we noticed. Okay, so think, think about this. Think about this. You would agree with me that Youngblood, the song by... Five, five Seconds of Summer. Great song, right? Yeah, total banger. One of the better songs to come out this year. Yeah. The rest of that album blows. Yeah, but this whole album blows. Like, not one song stands out as any good at all. I like these songs. I think this is a good, cohesive, strong album. Really? Yes. 
There's no variety to it. There's plenty of variety to it. No, they all sound the same except for the one about the cheetah, which was the only one that I even remotely liked. Neon Gravestones doesn't sound anything like Levitate. They all sound the same, Ethan. Well, they are all by the same band. Yeah, but I mean, songs can sound different if they're by the same band. Yeah, but I mean, you're not going to span the whole spectrum of music in one album. No, but this doesn't even deviate a little bit from, like, hookah bar music. <laughs> it's not all hookah bar music. Anyway, uh, I, I've been assigned, I've got it right here. I found my copy. I've been assigned to read Turtles All the Way Down. I'm showing it to the camera like they can see me. I actually can't. can't even see you. You can't see me? No. What? Yeah, I don't know why. Like 20 minutes ago, it just disappeared. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm still here. I believe it. I'm still talking to you. Yeah, still here. Well, um, so I've been assigned to read Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Um, and I'm 147 pages in. How many pages are there? Uh, like 280. Okay, so you're like halfway through. I'm like right at halfway. Um, there are 286. So I'm a little bit more than halfway. About three pages. I said a little bit. <laughs> I was just going to be surprised if I stopped at like exactly halfway. Right. It was like 243. I was like, here's time. Um, It's all right. I, it's still like, I'm still having trouble getting through it. It's not the easiest book to get through. This is the third time that I've taken a serious stab at reading this book. This is the farthest I've gotten. Um, I just can't get behind any of the characters. What did you, Uh, I mean, I really like Turtles All the Way Down. I don't necessarily think, I've talked a lot about it, but I don't necessarily think it is the best book or like the most enjoyable but i think it is an important experience to have of reading it i just sense? don't know what i'm supposed to be getting out of it and maybe it'll become more clear as it goes on i don't know i think but like it seems like asa really just wants everybody to leave her alone and let her be with her problems like in a perfect world she would just exist in this meaningless existence that only gives purpose to her issues well you are getting the right thing out of it so far then that is so toxic yes and people will catch on but you just need to keep reading okay because i hate her it's very very frustrating because she has this support network of people that she barely even knows that are just like hey i care about you and want to be there for you yes and she's just like that's great i'd rather just stab my finger with my other finger that's all that's important and i think this is john green's most poorly written character main character i think it's the most autobiographical uh no that's that's miles miles from, miles may be in terms of from the, alaska in terms of the stories that it tells but i think in terms of dealing with what goes on inside of john's head this is the closest it gets i mean that's entirely possible i also just can't like i am having so much trouble identifying in any way with her problem the like oh there's bacteria inside me that eat my food for me i'm like yep neat maybe that makes me a bad person but i, I just can't I have trouble getting behind it um i don't really like daisy either she's super shallow and kind of annoying and then uh i don't really have a problem with davis i heard davis's voice almost entirely read by a female which really threw me off uh, but he's all right. Yeah, he seems like a like a decent guy. Yeah. Although I had the same problem reading uh, an absolutely remarkable thing in the like listening to the audiobook and the the the, the voice she does for Andy. Yeah, Andy Scamp. Where Andy just sounds like an ab absolute idiot. Yeah. Where he's just like, uh, April. Um, <laughs> what should we do here? <laughs> But I am I am actually reading this book. Um, and I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. It's just I don't think it's ever going to be my favorite John Green book. Well, it, the, I, I hate to say this, but the third act is exceptionally good. Um, at least I well, I feel I, that way. I will get to that. I um, really don't know what to give you for a hash brown. I'm struggling. Everything I give you, you just hate. I know. I feel bad. I do want to say that I feel bad that I've, like, given a negative review to almost everything that you suggest that I watch or read or listen to. Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, I'm glad that I have experienced these things. Like, I had a hunch that this is what 21 Pilots sounded like, that I could get that well, idea. I would go back and listen to some of their other albums because they don't always sound like this. Okay. Like, they wrote House of Gold. I know, and I love that song. Um, yeah. Well, that whole album is worthwhile. Well, I will look into that, but, um, like... 
I, I'm happy that I've experienced these things. I'm glad I listened to this album because now, like, when Callie asks me what I thought of it, I can feel really bad about the fact that I didn't like it. Uh, but I'll at least have something to say. And the same with, like, like Westworld, I really did enjoy. Uh, and I think the point I was trying to make with my review of that was that, like, I think that the, like, sort of excellent netflix dramedy genre is and that applies to hbo netflix hulu amazon prime whatever is due for change that like you don't need shocking nudity and death and gore to have an excellent show um but i say do do for change like it's been around it's been around for like probably five years now i'm ready for something new you said music changes every year i'm ready for something new so what do you what do you want then like would you would you you rather just go back to mindless network television no, no, I think... Because uh, that's what your reviews of these TV shows keep sounding like, is that you would much prefer to just watch the middle. Um, I thought that that was excellent, and I think that, you know, I don't want mindless television shows like what we get on network, but I also don't think we need needlessly complex, ultra-gory, ultra-sexual, ultra-violent uh, shows like um, like Westworld. And, and like, but I think Westworld is good, and I would like to continue to watch it. I really would, um, and I probably will. And Ozark, to me, felt just like... Like, so formulaic. But again, I thought it would be really good. And I think that if I continue to watch it, I'll get completely sucked in. I think it would do an effective job of that. I just think pretending that it's anything other than a formula of how to write, you know, sort of edgy, entertaining TV is lying. I, like, I'm you're not lying pretending to it's anything other than that. But I would just much, much rather watch edgy, entertaining TV than, like, suits. Yeah, and I'm, like I said, I would, I could easily get sucked into Ozark. And I probably will. Like, it, it's, it's very good. I just think that, like, if you're, if you're going to watch these shows and pretend that this that it's anything new you're lying to yourself it is new it is definitely new ozark is like a blatant ripoff of breaking bad at least the pilot okay and yeah in breaking bad there's never been anything before or since that is like it there's now there's ozark correct I mean, that, that's but it's not like make... this is it's not like this is a tired idea well, i mean it was... it's not like ozark is another five white people in new york comedy right yeah it's not you know it's not friends and how i met your mother and and all that and i like that's fine and i think i could easily get sucked into ozark but like like atypical to me felt like a very original show like it took a, a new type of character and made it interesting and right, that to me was 90 percent of shows like aren't like that 99 percent of shows even on that is a, that is a a wild exception right but that's why i liked it i thought it was very good that's fine but you can't compare everything else to that i'm not but you're asking sort of you know what am i looking for in a new netflix show i would say another excellent netflix show that doesn't need needless gore violence or sex is stranger things Things. I think that's probably the best show on Netflix and a show on Netflix that I really like that I'm looking forward to season three of that has needless gore and sex is Daredevil. I would much rather watch Westworld than Daredevil. Really? Yeah. I think Daredevil season one is like one of my favorite seasons of television. I would agree with that. I didn't think season two stood up that well. I actually remember really, really liking it. Um, I will say something that messes me up with these Netflix shows is because that they're so spread out, but we binge them is like, I'll watch a season of Daredevil in like a week. Right. And then there's not another one for like another year for a whole year. Yeah. And, and I get that, and like, not all shows have to have, you know, I think that you're reading too much into the fact that there is nudity and, and gore. And a lot of that is just because it is now available. Like, it's not against the rules there. Right. And you got to kind of look past that. And it's not why I'm watching those shows. I'm watching it for the stories. Well, I like, and like Westworld runs into the same problem. And I think that there is an excellent story to be told, maybe even a YouTube video, like research project we could do together on the history of the man in black in cinema. And then storytelling and i think there's plenty of good examples you know and you can talk about john locke and you can talk about westworld and you can talk about uh uh crowley and you can talk about you know how that character has been presented through the years and and that's sort of like an archetype that you can bring from story to story and genre to genre and it it really works and i think that would be an interesting story to tell and i'm glad that westworld took that character and ran with it 
I think that's good. They definitely put a different spin on it as well. Well, that's good. I think that's the important thing yeah. to remember with mythology. And that's what one of the things that bugged me about superhero films or superhero fans when it came to cinema up until really Infinity War came out was the commentary that it was like, you know, it didn't perfectly match the comics, but it's like, what do you mean didn't match the comics? There people are, that are people that are mad about superhero films, superhero films need to read just the intro to Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, no, it's it's perfect. And and that's what I like is that we're able to take these mythologies and tell stories in new ways and i think i think this idea of mythology is so interesting like there are certain rules that are established and certain ones that aren't like it doesn't matter what book you're reading if somebody says that they saw a unicorn in no story can that be anything but a horse with a horn right right but it's not something that exists that's a myth yeah you know so it's like we've got an established thing and you can have them have different sort of features and things but like up until as far as i'm aware up until harry potter in the the first book there was no established mythology that a unicorn's blood will keep you alive i'm sure that somebody wrote about that somewhere and you don't need to correct me dear listener um I was going to say, a lot of stuff from, a lot of the, like, mechanics of magic of Harry Potter were taken from elsewhere. Right, and I'm sure they were, but, like, but because of Harry Potter moving forward, if I were to write a book about whatever, and in it there was a unicorn, and it had blood that could heal people, like, I could run with that, because it's been established, and it wouldn't be, like, at all hard to believe. And I think right. J.K. Rowling's an interesting trailblazer in that regard. Right. You know, like, an in- interesting accidental trailblazer in that regard. Oh, I, I, I want it. Oh, God. And that just I wanna... went, I went a long way in that, in that yeah soliloquy. you went very far with that i want to give you a hash brown that i feel like you're not going to agree with i really want to make you finish good omens oh i i would really enjoy to i would really like to finish good omens i actually was looking at getting the audiobook today uh, because i think i just got an audible credit well, i can i can just log you into mine if you want but well i'm gonna want it long term okay. anyway fair enough then yeah then i i'm gonna give you two weeks uh like you gave me for for turtles okay and if you don't need it you don't need it um i mean i wouldn't have needed if i could get through the audiobook of turtles i would not have needed the two weeks but that's just me i'm not saying you have to do that i'm just i just can't listen to the audiobook for turtles like i physically cannot her her narration drives me nuts um but anyway so i'm gonna give you two weeks to finish good omens because i really do think especially what you were just talking about with the man in black that it's a good thing for you to listen to would you have identified crowley as the man in black no. Do you think it's interesting that I did? Yes, and I think that you're right to some extent, but there is also a Men in Black. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Sort of. It's complicated. A lot of people share a lot of different roles. I mean, the I... The roles are kind of passed from person to person. I'm about a quarter of the way through reading it by hand. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so go ahead and, and finish that. I'll give you two weeks if you need it, Um. and we'll recap there. We need to talk about Transformers. We do. We do, we do, we do. Um. I was shocked at how not good this was. Were you really? Yeah. I was... I haven't seen this... I watched this movie a lot in like 2007 2008 i don't think i've seen it since then i uh i remember having that same feeling i actually was surprised by how much i liked it i just i got so bored i got so bored i did get bored I won't pretend I didn't. Um, and that was it, what Carol, I kind of went into it yesterday was to sit there and think, okay, I know I used to like this movie. I'm just going to try to watch it for the first time again. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to let it not wash over me, but like, I'm going to try to let it just kind of happen to me right. again for the first time. And because of that, I did not enjoy it as much as I did previously. I think you can't watch this expecting it to be, you know, the Dark Knight or whatever. You've got to know that this is big explosions and a romp and... Oh, yeah. Like, literally, we sat there with a 20-pound bag of popcorn and watched this movie. But I didn't even think for, like... I would say that as far as giant robot movies go, this this has a better step forward than, like, Pacific Rim. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pacific Rim wouldn't have happened without this. Right, I know that's knockoff. Pacific of this. Rim is a is a Transformers remake. Right, it's not, but it is. 
Right. I think this was about the same quality as the Meg. Yeah. You know, as far as like kaiju ROMs The go. Meg, yeah, the Meg, I think the Meg held a better story. Now, oh, this is an interesting comparison here. Uh, the Meg may be a little bit better story. Uh, how do you feel that this compares to like Ready Player One? Because Ready, Ready Player, Player One, one is... A- Ready Player One is much better. And it's just a popcorn romp. Right. I think that the, the past five years, there have been a lot of very good romps. Like, if we're just talking about, like, an action movie, that, like, you can put it on and watch it, and it's fun, and it's quippy, and it holds a story, but you don't have to, like, follow it, follow it. Right. It's like, the okay, the Decepticons This is not as villain. good as Kingsman. No, this isn't as good as Kingsman. Uh, I would say Kingsman is probably the best strictly entertaining film. I actually would assert. I've asserted and been published saying that Kingsman the Secret Service is one of the greatest strictly entertaining films ever made. Right, but that has come out since Transformers. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, you have to judge Transformers based on every movie that's come out after Transformers, but it's hard to not, like, when you saw it in 2007, it was, you know, it was compared to, like, some, they hadn't made a ton of action movies. In that in that run up to 2007, recently, what came out around then? Because this was this was before Iron Man and Dark Knight. Um, this was before it was after Batman Begins, but that wouldn't like who really saw that. Nobody saw that in theaters. It was yeah. like honestly, honestly, by your logic, there's no reason we should have gotten the Dark Knight. Oh, we absolutely should have gotten the Dark Knight. Batman Begins was really good. It was okay. So other films um, that came out this year, just to give you an idea, Sam Raimi Spider Man Three, I Am Legend. This was a year for you and I at the freaking movies. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men, Ratatouille, Shrek the Third, The Mist, which a lot of people I remember in high school really really liked. Um, I don't think it got very good reviews. Juno, uh, Born Ultimatum. So there's some films. Knocked this up. isn't even the. This this isn't even the best. This is not even as good as Born Ultimatum. This, if I was going to say there was an action movie from this film or from this year that I liked better, I would probably say Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix or... Wouldn't call that an action movie. Pirates of the Caribbean, Outworld's End. Yeah, Outworld's End's a much better movie than this. This was a year for movies. Ocean's 13. That's 2007. Super bad, yeah. B-movie across the universe. (laughs) This will mess you up. Rush Hour 3. Yeah, but it's like, yeah... I just, I didn't, I don't think, I think it has, it has aged poorly. Oh, Not I, because it's I disagree. done anything different, but because that there have just been so many better movies made since then that it's hard to view it with without seeing those movies. I think that this, I'll say one thing. I don't know if, you know, as far as storytelling and everything goes, it's it's tough to keep up. I think that this is doing better than like Battleship is uh, in yes. terms of my memory. But those movies are jokes. Right. Uh, but I will say... Like, I don't know if other people are seeing something I'm not, or if we, like, maybe I'm just not seeing this complaint as much as I thought. The robots look really good. Yeah, the CGI held up. CGI looked great. And maybe it's because I have no reference for what a robot should look like, but it didn't look like computers were in the streets. And maybe it's Uh -uh. because there's explosions everywhere they step, so, like, whatever. (laughs) But, like, I thought they they looked amazing. But, like, honestly, what has ruined this movie for me is the MCU. Well, there was no MCU then. I know, but there is now. So it's like, I've got the entire weight of the MCU pressing down upon my action movie-laden shoulders. And I'm sitting here hard-pressed to think, like, well, this is better than Iron Man. (laughs) It's not, but it is better than The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And it's about as good as Thor. Right, which is, like, four or five out of 20, 21. Right, right. I think... Here's 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 a point I want to make though is that like early MCU wasn't that good. Iron Man was that good. That was the real deal. And Avengers was that good. That was the real deal. But like the rest of phase 1, unless I'm missing something. Oh, first Avenger. That was good too. But the rest of phase 1 was like 
fifty percent of phase one was good. Yeah. Fifty percent of phase two was good. And like all of phase three was rad. Yeah. Except Guardians Volume Two. Except Guardians Two. This is better than Guardians Volume Two. Yeah, it's way better than Guardians Volume Two, and that hurt like almost hurts to say. But like, it, and this movie is fun, but it has a hard time telling a story or having a plot. It severely suffers from a lot of things. Like the script is just bad, just straight up. The script is not good. No, the script is not good. Do you think that the the quippy moments were funny though? Not really. Really? Sam's were bad. Sam can't quip. Neither can Megan Fox. Megan Fox's character doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Yeah, Why I mean, would John, Sam be interested in this girl? <laughs> John Turturro has some funny lines, but like it's John Turturro. His deliveries are great. Yeah, his comedic timing is impeccable. Yeah. That Adam Sandler Mr. Deeds movie was funny because of John Turturro. I think that movie is a classic. It is. But like his delivery in that movie is so great. That whole Happy Madison era of, of films was pretty good. I could live without, I could honestly live without ever seeing Waterboy again. Oh, I guess that's probably the real Happy Madison era. I'm thinking like Big Daddy and Mr. Deeds. I did not like Big Daddy. You didn't like Big Daddy? Not really. Dylan and Cole Sprouse? Yeah, I did not like Big Daddy. I loved, uh, I loved Mr. Deeds. I loved Happy Gilmore. I've been hit and miss on Adam Sandler almost forever. What do you think of his animated uh, Hanukkah movie? I didn't see it. I believe it is, and I, I could be mistaken because I don't think I've seen it since, uh, I remember talking about it in front of Stephen Barry's, and I think that was the last I saw it, which closed in like 2009, if anybody's curious what sort of time <laughs> period we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, but I remember that having a conversation about it there. If I'm not mistaken, it is like a loosely based uh, Christmas Carol from the perspective of Hanukkah. I believe it. Uh, I mean, he's done some great movies, but he's also just done some total garbage. Yeah, but he's cool with that. Right, and that's that's fine. It's just like Adam Sandler's just really he's always been really hit and miss for me. Yeah. Do you think he could be a hero? Like a superhero? Yeah. No. When he didn't get the Flash, I tell you, I was. But David Harbour's playing Hellboy. How did I miss that? You missed that? Yeah. Not only is he playing Hellboy, but he looks great as Hellboy. Oh my god, this could be awesome. Yeah, that's not going to be MCU though. I didn't think so. I don't think that would be weird. It's not part of the MCU like timeline. That'd be a weird addition. Yeah, that would be a weird thing to include. He's Marvel though, right? Hellboy's a Marvel character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, those were great movies. Like I liked the original ones. I remember people being fans of them. I don't think I ever saw them. I never saw those or Blade. I've never seen Blade. I do love David Harbor though. As long as we're talking about Stranger Things. Yeah. No. Stranger, Stranger Things is really good TV. Like Stranger Things. That is one of the best shows to ever come out. Yeah, because Stranger Things is like the gritty modern, you know, uh, drama sort of streaming drama but also has all of the good things about ready player one in it the book right and it's amazing but it's like i and this is goes kind of goes back to that conversation it's like i could not watch shows like atypical all the time what do you mean shows like atypical like that are that are that happy and funny are you just that gritty of a person i just gotta go back and forth oh i do too i've i've definitely caught myself getting frustrated with um you know, happy-go-lucky shows in the same way I would get frustrated with. Yeah, I mean, I am on season five of Breaking Bad right now, and I'm like, shut up. Yeah, right? It's like, oh my God, okay, I get it. You're Heisenberg. You're the yeah. one who knocks. <laughs> all all shows are hard to binge after. So no, I take that back. I watched Parks and Rec in like two weeks. Oh no, I can get over Parks and Rec pretty quick. With no shame. I, I just, uh, I just, you gotta let it go long enough between watching it. Yeah. You gotta like, you gotta really not remember almost anything. Yeah. Oh, that's about where I'm at with Parks and Rec. Then it might be time for you to watch Parks and Rec again. I always forget stuff about that show. Um, it's really funny. Anyway, Transformers. Yeah. This movie was not that great. It wasn't bad. It's not terrible. It's not the best movie ever made. It's not the worst movie ever made. It's like, it, it, it's, what's the Rotten Tomatoes? Like a 57? Yeah. It's a 57. Right. Like it's a 5.7 out of 10. Yeah. Like it's not bad at all. It's not good at all. 
but it's... I agree with Rotten Tomatoes where it's like 6.0 is where you start being positive. Yeah, because that's when like, you're getting I've, like a grade. Because like, I would give this a zero. I would I would give this a, a rotten. Yeah, I would say like, if you haven't seen it since 2007, you don't need to revisit it. Right, like I almost, like I wish I hadn't watched it. Yeah. Like I legitimately, I wish I we had not watched it for the pods. I'm not saying like, oh, I regret watching it for the show. It's just like, I would have had a better opinion of Transformers for the rest of my life. Until I had a kid that was like, hey, dad, show me the movies from your childhood. And I'd be like, let's watch Transformers, son. <laughs> this was Uncle Tyler and I's favorite movie. Right. And it's like, I'm I'm not embarrassed by that because we were 14. Like, obviously, this is going to be our favorite movie. It's got Megan Fox. It's about giant robots. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, this is a 14-year-old's dream. <laughs> This came at the perfect time for us. It's also, like, cohesive enough. Like, it's not super cohesive, and the story does a bunch of really dumb, confusing things. Uh, but, like, it follows enough that it's like, okay, the Autobots came to Earth because they know the AllSpark is here. Sam's great-grandfather found the AllSpark, so he's the chosen one. And they fight over the AllSpark in the end. Like, that's essentially what the story's about. There's some, it is like, hard to follow that, though. Oh, I didn't think it was hard to follow that. I think what's hardest for me... When it comes to these Transformers movies, after this one, is I can't tell who's an Autobot and who's a Decepticon. Yeah. I can't figure it out at all. Like, when they're just standing there fighting each other, I can never... I can really only point to, like, Bumblebee and Optimus Prime and be like, that's those characters. Sometimes the, Megatron. One of the negative reviews for this movie said exactly that. Hang on. She said... This is uh, Amy Nicholson from Entertainment, or IE Weekly, and uh, she said, Thank God the Transformers speak primarily in proper nouns. If they hadn't shouted Optimus, Megatron, every time they struck a blow, I'd have no idea what was happening. But that's so accurate. Yeah, it totally is. You good? Yeah, sorry. I was just reading the text. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely... They all look the same, except the one that's yellow and the one that's a truck. Right. It's like, okay, I can figure out which one's which. And, like, they sort of... They do a decent job of like expositioning out the names without like the, the Autobots they have the whole scene where he's like and that's Gage and he is our team medic and that's let's do introductions here right and that's that's pretty decent but when with the Decepticons they're like that's Me Megatron I promise that's Starscream that's <laughs> a bad guy that's a Decepticon Starscream is the plane yeah but who's Blackout the, is the helicopter who's the one with the comb also what sort of shit vehicle is that what on earth function is the US government with like a car that's got a comb on it <laughs> like with an afro pick on it <laughs> we've been out here all day we ain't found shit. he said to comb the desert space balls space balls is on the docket for 2019 fiscal what year. a movie when is the next star wars coming out maybe it's not on the docket it should be this year i thought it was next christmas oh, it should be this christmas episode nine is not coming out this christmas i'm pretty sure it is even that's like two months oh i was already thinking it was 2019 yeah <laughs> we started talking about 2019 because you said it's on the do docket for 2019 and yeah. i was like yeah it's coming out at christmas I'm, I'm sitting here in March. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. No, it is coming out. So it'll be next fiscal year. Yeah. This is going to be it's a whole out. year of no Star Wars. Maybe we'll talk to Mandalorian when that comes out. That's a TV show. So it's Star Wars. This is a movie lovers podcast. Well, I love movies and therefore I love Star Wars. Right. But that is a can of worms you don't want to open. Here's, Why don't okay. you guys do the Clone Wars TV shows? No. Why don't you here's, do Star Wars Rebels? Here's a, here's where I'll level with you, Ethan. I will say we don't have to talk Hocus Pocus if we I'm can I'm not talk talking Hocus Pocus. If we can talk Stranger Things for an entire episode. Yeah, we can do that. That's fine. We're due for North Stranger Things, right? That's coming out soon. It should be, yeah. I need to watch season two. I've actually never seen it. That's good. I know, but so is season one. Uh, when is New Stranger Things? That should be soon. I would have thought it was the first. That's usually October? When, yeah. Um, they need to pump those out every year because the actors are getting older. So 
season one. No, we need season three. I know. First season was August 2016. Second season was October 2017. Uh, Begin production April 2018. Will be released mid-2019. Mid-2019. Well, that's not good. Ugh. That's so long that's what i hate about trailers man it's like they're making this this amazon prime show for good omens and it's like it comes out in like may i don't think the trailer looks that good i do i was unimpressed by it It looks awesome it's gonna be great i hope it's great i hope i'm wrong it's gonna be great it's gonna be better than american gods which makes me sad but is american gods not good it was all right. Here's my thing about those you know, Neil Gaiman type books where things are like ultra British humor and excellently excellent literature, ultra British literature humor. You know what I'm talking about? American Gods is not British humor at all. Well, no, it's about America. Yeah. But it's still like Neil Gaiman's way of writing. It's like British literature. I love Neil Gaiman's way of writing. I do too. I just don't always think it translates well to screen. Uh, d American Gods, they just did the thing where they're like, wait, wait hold on. We've got a story. Why would we use that? <laughs> Let's just use some character names. Right, exactly. It was like, we, we got two episodes of like, this really makes sense. And then seven episodes of like, what? What are you doing? And I get that like, oh, it doesn't have to be just like the book. But it's like, yeah, but you didn't try. The book was really good. Not even close. And I also don't think Stranger Things, or not, I mean, uh, American God season two is going to happen. Um, it's just falling apart. I am excited for Looking for Alaska on Hulu. Yeah, that's going to be sweet. The miniseries. I hope it doesn't get weirdly gritty. I don't think it will. I think it's the same people that make the movies. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pretty sure. Well, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. Pretty sure. When does that come out? I have no idea. I don't even know if they know. Anyway, long story short, uh, we'll see how you feel about Good Omens next week. Um, Transformers is okay. It yeah. is, however, the number one movie on our list. Yeah, it is. Because there's a new list. Welcome to the new fiscal year. We need a better name for this. Fiscal year sounds so businessy. Well, it's Bacon and Eggs year two. Bake, welcome to Bacon and Eggs Year 2 with a brand new list. Our graphic designer, Vaishon or, Brandon, who visited us for our party all the way from across the state, is working on a fancy version of the list. So Is he? Well, I briefly mentioned to it to him while we were drinking. So he's about that far into that process. We'll talk. <laughs> I mean, well, did I have... you want a different designer to do it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I just didn't know that. Yeah, so. I'm glad that I hadn't started working on, like, a fancy version of the list and came to you, like, next week, like, hey, I got a fancy version of the list. And then Vaishon <laughs> came to us one day later and was like, hey, I got a fancy version of the list. It's way better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have felt terrible about myself. No, we're going to, I was under the impression we would just pay Vaishon to do that. We just never talked about it. That's true. I thought we did, though. No. But that's fine. Yeah, I'm totally down. Cool. Okay. Well, that answers that up. question. Time to end the episode. I fucked up my pop filter. Oh, no. Is it really um, at the time again? What? Are we really at the two hour mark? Or 145? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect us to be here. Well, yeah. So it's, I would say this is the number one overall, Ethan. Yeah. What do you got for it for a breakfast food? Oh, man. It's. I know what it is. Okay. This is a bowl of cocoa puff. Is it? Yeah. Because you know what happens to your milk when you pour it into cocoa puff? It turns into chocolate. Transforms into chocolate milk. More than meets the eye, Ethan. I don't know, man. I feel like if I if I went and bought Cocoa Puffs today, they would still be awesome. I think they would not be. Really? I would I would put money on it. That you would be like, this is so sweet, and I feel sick now. Well, I might have to try it. <laughs> like I did with the Gamora Pop-Tarts. <laughs> those did not hold up. I was actually going to say that these are Gamora Pop-Tarts. Uh, but those aren't more than meets the eye. Yeah, but they were rad when I was 14. <laughs> That's true. And they suck now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna go for my breakfast food was something like disappointing. Something that that was good. There are those and now there are those French toast sticks, the frozen ones that have syrup inside of them. You mean from like the cafeteria? No, from like Pillsbury. You think those are disappointing? Well, they're more than meets the eye, and they were. 
probably great when I was a kid, and they probably either don't make them anymore. They definitely suck. They definitely do suck. I'm down with that. I'm okay with your answer. Fair enough. Um, how do we rate the villain? I Megatron was in it for like seven minutes. Yeah, Megatron's definitely the villain. Yeah, and I'll give him like a four out of ten. But for design, yeah. I'll give him like a nine out of ten. <laughs> he looks like a robot. If Ultron looked like Megatron, nobody would be talking about Age of Ultron not being good. Instead of Ultron looking like sassy Iron Man? Yeah. Or if Thanos looked like Megatron, people would be like, wow, not comic book accurate at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, that's actually a fair point. You know, this was completely different. Pretty sure Megatron was based on Ultron or vice versa. Somewhere down the line, those two actually do look extremely similar. Yeah. Oh boy. Transformers. We did the thing. We did do the thing. I think next week... We're going to talk about Venom. Venom, and then something else, and then something else, and then Toy Story. Yeah, maybe some Stranger Things in there. Yeah, sure. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We can do two weeks right of Stranger Things. I'm not committing to anything right this moment. No, me neither. We'll figure something out. But Transformers! You. More Next, than meets the eye. It's actually going to be five consecutive weeks of Transformers. Yep, with somebody else. <laughs> I'm taking a vacation. Yeah, we're going to talk Transformers with anyone else. <laughs> Two new hosts. <laughs> That's what we do with the interns, man. We make the interns make the episodes of the bad sequels that we don't want to do. That's the idea. We talk about Dead Men Tell No Tales. The Dark Rise, Dark Knight Rises. I like The Dark Knight Rises. I, I'm sure a lot of people do. I do too. I just want it to be inflammatory. Cool. Um. Well, everything is still in the same place it's always been for the past 50 five episodes thanks for listening to those thanks episodes for listening to those episodes your one was great and now we're moving on we're back you're two bigger and better than ever half begun yep 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 all right well that's all you like that's yep yeah i can't talk today that's all i got to say about that you got anything to add no cool thanks for listening to another episode of bacon and eggs until next week i've been ethan and chill nope that's not how i say it can't remember the words Thank you for listening to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, Arriva Dirty. Autobots, roll out.